Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Change Your Game with GTD podcast. My name is Todd Brown, and I'm here, as always, with Robert Peake. Hello. Uh, our goal in this podcast series is to provide you with um, our thoughts, with some guidance, with some of the practical tips and tricks, with some of the theory, with um, our own experiences and the experiences of the people that we've worked with over the years in getting the most out of the getting things done methodology, uh, helping you to... Uh, enable uh, stress-free productivity. So getting more of the right things done in less time with less stress. That's what we're heading for. Um, and Robert, as you and I were, were, were talking just before you hit record, uh, the topic that, uh, that you'd suggested that I liked a lot was, um, was how software helps and hurts when it comes to GTD. So that was your topic. Why don't, why don't I let you riff for a little while on what, what that means, what sort of brought it to mind uh, and what it means to you? <laughs> Feels, feels like one of those essay essay assignments you'd get in school, right? What does what does software mean to you, or what does software helping and hurting mean to you? In this essay, I'm going to tell you about what. Let me repeat it anyway. Um, I'm in a whimsical mood. Clearly, uh, yeah, I, you know, it just came to mind because, well, you know, a lot of um, a lot of my career has been around software, developing it, uh, implementing it, debugging it. Um, and I think, you know, there's, there's um, uh, this thinker, Venkat Rao, who says software has eaten the world, right? You know, more than hardware, more than anything else, it has just become uh, the driving force uh, behind uh, so much change in our world. And of course, change being a, a neutral term, change can be good or bad. Um, and software, I mean, software can be good or bad in the sense that it's buggy or not, but also in the sense that it's either appropriate or not, or even within a certain piece of software that certain features are appropriate or not to what you're trying to get done and what you what you want to accomplish. So I've done a lot of work with software and I've done a lot of coaching one-to-one -one with people um, who have implemented different software solutions to try and make their lives easier and more productive and more stress-free. And generally with software, there's this thing that you do, there's some upfront initial investment in setup, in learning it, et cetera. And the idea is that after that initial figuring it out, installing it, et cetera, period, that, that there's gonna be a payoff, that it's just gonna be absolutely have been worth it to do that because things will go faster, things will be smoother, uh, et cetera. And what I've found is because software is has made such profound impact um, and now in the age of machine learning you know and big data and the implications of those two worlds coming together um, there's some almost magical types of things you know I mean I'm st I, I still love you know that the image recognition can you know tell me who's in a photo I'm love and I'm completely creeped out by um, so even more there's that there's that magical sense of software can fix it software can solve it. Um, but in, in the kind of the world of personal productivity, um, as well as well-being, we're dealing with fundamentally human problems, you know, and so um, the, the human element of that, there's certain parts of it that really can't just be fixed by an app, if you like, can't just be, can just be installed away. And so looking at the interface between, you know, what you want in terms of behavior change, what you want in terms of optimizing your own thinking process, your own relationship to your commitments and aspirations and goals and orientating yourself throughout the day to, to stay positive and productive um, and interfacing that with pieces of software that may, that may help with that, 
I've also found there's a lot of pieces of software that may hinder with that, or more appropriately, the way people use it, right? Um, the way people use that software may actually hinder or, or um, cause a lot of problems and challenges with, with how with people actually getting done what they said they wanted to get done. So I just think it's a really interesting tangle because there's, there's great potential on either sides uh, of, of that equation, frankly, that I've found. Um, so I thought it'd be fun to explore. I thought it'd be fun to talk, talk a bit more about it. So that's the kind of philosophical, high-level kind of umbrella that I think got, got me here in terms of my thinking is just, wow, there's, you know, it really, it really can, be, can be both. I don't know. I'd be curious, your, your experience, you've done an awful lot of coaching as well as, you know, obviously running your own systems and a lot of, of seminars and consulting work inside of companies. Um, what, have, what have you seen, you know, out there in terms of um, any, any war stories, success stories about software helping, helping and hurting with the goal of being more, more effective? Yeah, I'm, you know, it's interesting. I'm, what, I'm, what, what came to mind as you were talking about that is that you and I do share a background in technology. So my, my, my first role, actually, in my first job um, back in the 80s was um, I was a developer. Right, and I was uh, I was a programmer for quite a few years, and I worked in IT for um, uh, about ten years. Um, I don't do it actively so much anymore. But one of the things that, as you were talking about, I was reflecting on for a long time in my own head, the software could be the solution. I was a classic early adopter. If it was new and cool, I wanted to own it. And in my head, I was like, okay, well, if I, you know, this new tool, it just sounds so cool. I didn't I didn't really <clears throat> come to this conclusion at the time, but I think a subconscious desire was that I if I bought the right bit of software and configured it the right way, it was going to basically take all of the work out of whatever it was that I needed to do. Right. That was that was somehow, you know, the ultimate goal was was efficiency that led to uh, a Zen-like state of of productivity where the tool was doing absolutely everything and I was not engaged at all. Now that was, <laughs> as I say, I didn't really consciously think about it in those terms at the time. Um, but but a bit like you over the years, what I've come to realize is that the tool, the, the tools, better better said, you know, because today pretty much everybody's system is 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 a, a multi-tool suite. Um, and when I say suite, I don't mean necessarily, you know, a bit like the, you know, the suite, the, the Google suite or the Microsoft suite or whatever, where it's it's tools from the same, you know, from the same uh, supplier. It could, in many cases, be tools that have sort of been been glued together or or cello taped together by by you. Um, but though, you know, the 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 tool set is is a, a facilitation can can help to facilitate what you do, but it's not the solution. Um, and then more directly in answer to your question, I think, you know, what I've seen is a lot of people um, who, I, I think one of the surprises for a lot of people is how, you know, in my, in my coaching with folks and in the work that I do with clients, I'm looking to strip back what they're doing with the software to that sweet spot, which is right on the border between we, you know, we want it to do what's what's helpful for you, but we absolutely do not want to try to, for example, learn every feature of, you know, of Outlook or of, you know, whatever Gmail or whatever. We want to make sure that the the, the things that you're using every day um, are not so complex that that gets in the way of your being productive. And 
And quite often, I think, you know, when people come out of out of coaching engagements with us or, or out of um, seminars with us, and they've had a system set up for themselves, they'll quite often say, you know, I'm surprised how little of the tool I really need to be, you know, to be to be focused on. That's not to say they didn't learn anything new about the tool. Every almost everybody does, right? New ways, new ways to think about using email and list making, and and whether it's you know Teams or Slack or whatever, um, you know the, these sort of groupware type things. Um, they they have learned new things about all of those tools, but they're they're surprised as I say that they're um, that it's not hugely complex. And so, and I think there's probably some magic in there. I mean, the answer is probably in there somewhere, right? That, that what we're trying to do is, is get to the, to the stage in the development of our own thinking and of our own systems where, where our thinking and our practices are, are um, matched and complemented by the tool that we have in front of us. And that tool is providing us with what we need. And that magic, as I say, doesn't require, um, you know, that magic does not require the um, uh, using all of the features of any of any given bit of software. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. And of course, there is that, as you say, Christmas morning, opening it up, seeing what it all can do factor, you know, and there's nothing wrong <laughs> with exploring the features. But, um, you know, the question is, are you exploring and playing around or are you looking to implement something you know you want? And I'm amazed often people lose sight of implementing what they what they want which is something that'll be fast and efficient and streamlined um you know in the process of of you know going uh, exploring the new toy as it were um one of the things you know that that occurs to me on a on a practical basis when clients often do come to me either in a tangle either in a tangle because they've set up maybe more context than they need, or they're doing lots of bells and whistles stuff, or they're, they're tied up in lots of pop-up reminders, or somehow they've gotten into a bit of a, of a muddle where suddenly their system feels like a drag, um, is that there's really two scenarios, two kind of um, thought experiments you want to flash forward into, I think, when evaluating the features of a tool and how you're using it and that kind of thing. And one is I'm doing my day-to-day -day work. Right. I'm doing my work. Where do I go to get what I need to know what my options are? And if you've got 30 different contexts and seven different sub tags and it's all color coded blue, purple and green and whatever, I would say, no, no, you're, you just come into the office. Where do you go? And if they say, well, I got to click here, 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 here and here, it's like count the clicks, you know, and is that really effective? And then the other one is in the weekly review. It's like, OK, now it's weekly review time. You're going to go through these 11 steps. You're going to be looking at these different parts of your system. How fast and efficient and fluid is that? Is that really working for you as well? Um, and I found that those those two places, when when doing system design, you know, it's begin with the end in mind and, and to some extent. And we do that with everything. We do that with data design. It's like, okay, well, we're going to build a, a structure to hold some some information how are you going to want to get that out? What are the reports going to look like? And that's going to inform how we build how we build the structure. Likewise, when you're building a system structure, it's like, well, how are you going to want to get that out? What situations are you going to be in? How are you going to be viewing that? Um, and that, I think, goes, goes a long way toward helping people realize that um, at the end of the day, all of these tools, you know, you've really got to, you've got to say to yourself, particularly in the list keeping tool, it, how is it better than paper? 
how is this better than a really, really simple technology that's endured for centuries for a reason? Because it's super fast and easy to write on, to crumple up, to, you know, to strike a line through, et cetera, with. Uh, you know, how is it really better? And there definitely are some good answers that, well, it integrates with email and it lets me copy paste over here and it lets me do that and it lets me put in hyperlinks. Great. Um, but, you know, when you start to get into some of the stuff where you go, do you really need that? Could could you could you just have done that on paper actually a lot faster than what you just showed me through the kind of circuitous way you had to go to get what you what you wanted and out of the system? So those are kind of some of my litmus tests. You know, like does it work really fast for a weekly review? Does it work really fast day to day? Are these features truly, you know, are, are these features truly better better than paper? You know, are they slower? Are they faster? Um, is there an integration of something else that really makes really makes your life better or is it just kind of cool that that's possible um, and so those are the kind of things that I start to ask uh, ask clients when they recognize fortunately they often do recognize that they've gotten into a bit of a tangle and that the software's the software's starting to hurt um, curious your thoughts on, on how you mm. you know someone someone comes to you with hey I'm not sure about this tool or I'm not sure I'm using this tool well or or just even if you have any kind of war stories of, of people that have that have gotten themselves into a muddle how, how do you help people that are that are hurting with with software yeah well you know pain when it comes to software I suppose comes in comes in many forms right um, I, it takes me back to one of the very first coachings that I ever did with somebody who had implemented a tool um, and had, um, the, the, sorry, let me, a little bit of sidebar quickly, because I think one of the uh, ideas that you talked about earlier is going to be important in making sense of this story. I think quite often when we are, when we are um, in the flush of that, oh, that new feature, and that's so cool, and that's going to be really neat, and that's going to, I think what part of what drives that is, is the, you know, there's a little bit of a dopamine hit about the new, of course. But I think as well, it gives us the sense, and maybe and maybe we are um, we are uh, the, the the sense is incorrect that that feature, whatever it is, is going to give us uh, a sense of control that we don't really currently have. Okay, and quite often what I find is those features, yeah, they might give you a sense of control over something, but in the bigger picture, that control is either not something that you really particularly want to control, or, and this is where I come into the story, or it's going to give you the ability to create <clears throat> what at the moment feels like uh, an upgrade, but in in the bigger picture uh, is not. And so onto the story. So doing this coaching uh, with this with this person, and he had um, he had a tool, very well known tool, okay. Um, <clears throat> And it was the kind of tool that would allow you to create lists, okay? Create links between lists, put, put you know, put uh, tasks in folders, put, uh, you know, create, uh, create categories for things, whatever. And so the ability, the sort of the ability to layer metadata on your items was pretty extraordinary. And he showed me this, and he, and he, you know, as part of the coaching, of course, one of the things that we do is we do a deep dive into what are you doing now? Right. So what's your current tool set? What, what are you doing now? Um, and he gave me a quick demo of this and and it was all interlinked. Right. Every task had two categories and was in a nested folder structure that was six deep. And there were you know hyperlinks all over the place to take you to various things within the app and outside the app. And, you know, and 
as, as an intellectual exercise, it, it looked to me like it was actually quite fun for him to do it, right? To put it all together. But as you might imagine, none of these, you know, these, these interconnections was maintained with any kind of, you know, rigor, right? And so it was, it, it had just become, this is a phrase David Allen, I've heard David Allen use quite a bit. It had just become uh, organizational spaghetti. You know, it was just, it was, it was, it was all over the place. And so going back to your, to your previous question, you know, I think quite often what I find myself doing in the early, uh, in the early phases of an engagement with a client is, we're just going to go back to the basics. Now that might mean literally, as you, as you said earlier, may, might mean we start over with paper. Could be, could be not in all cases by any means. Um, but we're going to strip it back. We're going to strip back the tool set to the really core features and, and really start from there. Okay. It might be, by the way, that that doesn't mean we're changing tool. We could be make, you know, making use of the very same tool, um, but we're just going to make use of it in more fundamental ways. And then, and then let the complexity build over time, right? Not over the course of 10 or 15 minutes, but over time, let the complexity build in your system, I would say, as it becomes really clear to you that that complexity is unbalanced, bringing, um, bringing benefit, right? So, so, and that, of course, I think what you said earlier is really important. We should be open to experimenting, to playing, to trying. You know, we shouldn't be just locked into our tool set forever. Um, but at the same time, I think uh, we want to be clear that th there needs to be, it needs to be reasonably, um, that you need to have some reasonable confidence that there's some payoff as you're implementing the additional complexity, that that additional complexity is leading to being more clear-headed, more focused, giving you more perspective, being more in control. I think that's, uh, yeah, that's what I'd say in a, in a in a very big and ragged nutshell. No, that's great. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, the, the admonition that comes to mind is complexity. If you build it, you must maintain it. <laughs> you know? <And> so <laughs> just thinking, just, you know, thinking that as you're adding in these features and things, I think can, can go a long way toward being kind to your future self. And there's a lot of subtle ways to do that. And one of them is to say, you know what, looks cool, but I'm just going to stick with some fundamentals for now because it's fast and smooth and future me knows, you know, know, knows how to do it. And, you know, and, and trialing things, I think, is a great way to do it. Considering it an experiment, even setting a reminder in the calendar, hey, I've been trying using the, you know, purple flags for a week. How's that going, you know? Um, so that you can evaluate and not just fall into suddenly creating a habit. It's amazing how fast we create habits for ourselves as human beings. But creating a suboptimal habit, you know, just because you've you've done it a few times. So yeah, I think that's such such great you know advice, Todd. And yeah, how to avoid having to eat your own organizational <laughs> spaghetti later on. You know, with, that you've <laughs> that you've cooked up for yourself. It's all of your own making. Um, yeah, and I mean, you know, the real the question to ask is, how's your brain? How's your brain doing? You know, with all of this, is it is it, it's amazing how we get out of touch with um, how the brain is is actually doing, and because we can cope with and adapt to so much, you know, and we can cope with and adapt to systems that we've created for ourselves that are not, you know, not ideal or or optimal. Um, we've talked a lot about how software can hurt. I mean, obviously, there's I think some of the ways in which software helps are really self evident, right? We go well things are a lot faster or, you know, I can copy and paste rather than writing out longhand or, you know, I can link from this to that and that's really useful later that I can, that I can get to it 
later. Um, but I wonder if there are any kind of specific specific things in, in, in software. I mean, because we've both been around for quite a, a long enough time that software has, has changed, productivity software has changed and, and gotten better. Is there anything in particular that stands out to you where you go, oh yeah, this, you know, this was, this is a major upgrade or this can really help people or this is definitely better than paper or a more, a more simple system. Any, any thoughts on how software helps? Oh yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I I wouldn't class myself anymore as an early adopter, right? I am willing to sort of sit back, let other people, you know, be the be the pioneers with the arrows in their backs, and and come back and tell me about the experience. So I'm not quite there. Uh, I, I'm not really an early adopter anymore. But what I will say is, I love having a system which really feels like it complements uh, complements uh, you know my preferences, the way I like to work. Uh, feels like it's more or less a, a seamless integration uh, for me. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan. So so um, it's funny. I'm thinking back to let's let's just talk about list keeping, right? Because anybody's GTD system has to have that as some element of it, right? Whether it's whether it's on paper or whether it's in the digital space. But let's let's talk about the digital space. And it takes me back to um, I'm going to go back 25, 30 years now. Um, uh, Lotus, uh, right? Most, most uh, probably best known for the uh, for Lotus One Two Three, the spreadsheet program way back in the day, and and uh, and Lotus Notes more 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 recently. But Lotus had a product called Agenda, and Agenda ran on the PC. And Agenda was basically this was this was you know pre most people having network connect connectivity, and you know it was this, it was a standalone thing, but it was. It, it basically did list keeping and it allowed you to put things in folders and allowed you to put things in categories. And I thought it was absolutely magical. And as I was, I was thinking about this the other day, because when you see list tools, right, there are greatest hits, right? Can I put things in categories? Can I put things in folders? Can I group things together? Can I link things? Can I have external links to other things? Those kinds of things are very, very uh, common and, and critical, Right. I mean, I think in order to have an effective list keeping system, I mean, I think about how painful it would be in my own system if it were difficult for me to take an email and from that email to create a reminder of some sort. Right. And I think it's one of the reasons, by the way, that in 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 the world of Microsoft Teams and in the world of, of you know, of um, Slack and and similar, uh, you know, similar products, I think um one one of the things that is slowly being addressed is is the fact that it's a little bit tough at the moment to take a post out of Teams and create, for example, a reminder from it, right? In some other bit of software. And by the way, literally just yesterday, I got a ping, I got an email. I haven't looked into this yet, but apparently uh, Microsoft has put a new feature into Teams, which allows you to create reminders in the planner stroke to do stroke whatever uh, universe, which is going to mean that, that maybe those barriers are starting to come down. But but it, so the, I think one of the so so list features you know list list tools. On the one hand, again, there's not a huge amount that's new, but it, what is becoming um, uh, even more common and is going to make a big difference, I think, for us is that the degree to which all of these list tools are very well integrated with the less sorry with the with the rest of our tool set. Right, and the and the more friction free that integration becomes, the better it's going to be. the The faster and more effective we're going to be able to work. That's my take. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, no, I I I like that. Yeah, I think for me, you know, um, 
Well, I'm amazed that, for example, I can, you know, I can be out on a walk and take a picture of a plant and uh, beam it into space and have it come back and tell me not only the Latin name, but the 40 different weird common names for that plant. So I love some of what um, technology is doing in, in terms of learning, you know, actual you know, learning in that sense of being able to classify things, being able to help us, um, you know, filter and sort things. And at the same time, I'm a bit wary of it um, because, you know, for example, the new, you know, Gmail inboxes where it's trying to, you know, sort different things or Cortana you know, where where these kind of services are trying to say, hey, you haven't responded to this email for a few days or hey, there's this thing over here or hey, that sounds like a question. In a sense, trying to sort of um, be a little bit of a system for you. Uh, and trying also to kind of parse and sort, you know, this looks like an important email, this looks like one that's not so important, etc. Um, and the reason I'm I'm wary of that um, is, well, for one thing, you know, we've had the problem of spam for decades now, many decades now, and we all still have to look at our junk folders. We all still have to go there because every once in a while something slips through. And the reason for that is that humans are in you know ingenious and and constantly finding ways to circumvent and and you know do do stuff to defeat the the systems they create for for filtration and also just what the, one of the biggest things i've discovered in coaching is that the human brain no two human brains really work the same at all i mean neuro you know neuro neurodiversity is just a, a reality of how how we think about things and how we want to state things um, I've almost never said, okay, state that in your own terms, and it was exactly the way I was thinking of it for anyone's project or task or action or anything. They never did it exactly the way I was thinking of it. They have their own way of thinking about it. So I guess what I'm what I'm kind of coming to is that um, increasingly, I think we're seeing a real trend toward uh, machine learning trying to help solve the problem, as it were, of just a tremendous amount of information and people feeling like, well, I can't possibly respond to to everything and some of it obviously is spam and you know my concern is just that there's an increasing tolerance for well maybe I can let a few things slip through the cracks if the computer doesn't catch it and um, and I think that's dangerous I do think that's dangerous I do think we're always gonna have to check our junk filters and no matter how much uh, technology can support us in telling us what it thinks might be going on that we really still are ultimately responsible for doing the thinking. That we can't we can't outsource mm -hmm. true intelligence. Uh, we can only kind of beef up the views of what's there uh, through through artificial intelligence. And you know the the ultimate goal of AI is what they call unsupervised learning, right? So they have this this program that plays the Japanese board game Go that uh, has reached a state. This program has reached a state where it actually learns how to play the game better from playing itself than it does from playing other humans or from analyzing other games that humans have played. It's actually reached a level <laughs> where it learns more from itself than it learns more from other people. I don't think our email inboxes are ever going to get there. I just don't think that's ever going to happen. I think there's always going to need to be supervised learning, as it were, in the, in the space of setting up filters and setting up rules and, and dealing with information flow in that way. And I think we really need to do the supervising and we really need to continually be in there going, again, is this helping me? 
is this showing me the right stuff? Is it, you know, really accurate? And is, you know, 90% accurate really good enough? Or is it possible I'm going to miss, you know, an email from my mother-in-law and really have a, have a big problem, right? Or the CEO or whoever. So, um, a, a little bit of a rant, maybe slightly a sidebar, but I think, you know, the, the thing I see really coming at us is this, you know, this enrichment of data through machine learning. And, uh, just a little caveat in there of, hey, your commitments are still yours, whether the computer catches it or not. You've you've got to catch it, and, and it's got to make sense to to your brain. So I'm, I think software is just going to be getting in some ways more complex, more feature rich, more kind of interesting, and some of it is going to look like magic. Wow, that's amazing that it knew, you know, that it kind of knew what I was thinking about. Um, but and so even more, I think this caveat that that we're talking about of hey, you know, just because it's shiny and new, does it really help you manage your day to day commitments in a really effective, watertight way, or are you at risk of kind of you know, basically trying to delegate some of your responsibilities to a machine? Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, listen, we're coming to the end of our time. Um, let's let's put ourselves just very briefly in the shoes of someone who's got a tool set, you know, and they're thinking about how do I how do I evaluate this? How well it's, you know, serving me? How well do I, do I need to make any changes? Right. Well, what would you say to somebody like that? What kinds of questions would you encourage them to ask if, in order to make that evaluation? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's an important one. I think it's really helpful to have a sense of, of what you want to be experiencing in relation to the tool, how how you want to be working. It's like, what's your day-to-day -day state like? It's like, well, it's fast and easy to find, you know, the actions in this context. Well, you know, when I get interrupted, I can go right back to where I need to go. Um, it's really obvious when, you know, my inboxes have piled up when I need to process those down. Um, so kind of like, rather than just going into the tool and saying, what can the tool do for me? Having a vision for your relationship to, your trusted system as a whole, the tool is being one part uh, from the outset, you know, that if you really have that, and you might even write it down, it's like, I feel, you know, this tool feels like, you know, it's really fast and frictionless and it, it you know, I, I've put in the right stuff for the right times and it's really easy to understand when I should be in calendar and when I should be over in my lists and whatever, like that you actually, you even kind of spell out, what's the vision? What's the vision for the use of this tool? And then, evaluate everything against that so that you're so that you're in charge of designing and crafting your productivity system rather than kind of going with the flow because I see a lot of going with the flow and the flow is of course software developers want to sell you on more and more and more and more features that's kind of all they can do is add add features and fix bugs to make their thing better but more isn't always better um, particularly if you lose sight of that Again, that that vision for what the system is going to be like to to use. I don't know. How how about you? Yeah, I, I like all that. I think what I would add um, another thought would be make use of the five phase model in GTD, right? So capture, clarify, organize, reflect, engage, and think about the tool in terms of which element of that model is it going to facilitate, make easier, right? I think a lot of people get um, that framework can be quite helpful. You know, is this something that's going to help me 
capture better? Is it something that's going to help me, you know, facilitate um, clarifying so that I can make decisions about things? Is it going to help me to um, organize better, right? Um, and by the way, a tool, of course, can can wear multiple hats, right? So it could be something that helps you both both clarify and organize, for example, or capture and, and clarify. Um, but I think that can be quite helpful is to use that is to use that framework. Well, thank you, everyone, for, for being with us today um, for this episode of uh, the Change Your Game with GTD podcast. Um, please do subscribe um, and come visit us on the web as well at, uh, at next-action.co.uk, the website. Um, you can sign up there for our newsletter, um, and that will get you not only uh, notifications about these episodes, but also about the various uh, blogs that we produce. We produce content, generally speaking, once or twice a week, okay? And our goal in all of that is to serve you best, um, is, to, is to help you on your journey and to, to enable uh, stress-free productivity, as we say. So for now, on behalf of Robert and me, um, thank you again for joining us. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.